This weekend, or this week, I was in a conference in Tulsa, and I've been about 19 hours on the road, um, so I knew that was coming up, so I asked Jimmy to uh, minister today for us, and I'm really excited about that. I'll introduce him to you in just a second. But while I was there, uh, went to Tulsa for a conference, and then dropped die off at home, and then went on up to Chicago, because a friend of mine said that there's this guy that was playing basketball for Wheaton College that's leading the nation in every every level. And I was like, well, I want to see him. And so went up and watched that game and then went over into the, into the city to see my daughter and son-in-law and my grandchild. And uh, while I was there, Graham, when he comes here, I don't know if your grandkids are like this or if you have grandkids, he, he just goes nuts. He's just crazy, you know, just... And you can't get him to settle down. He's so excited, he just goes crazy. And, but in his element, he's a whole different kid. Uh, went up there, and he's like, he's really calm, he's intelligent, and all that. And he's like, Papa, let me show you this. And so we went to cooking class. I've never been to cooking class before, and Dad's really excited about this for me. So we got to be in cooking class with him, and, and he was all excited. Then we went to swimming class and and he's just got his whole cool little environment right there downtown in the city of Chicago and uh went to swimming class and and in the pool they and then he's in the pool taking his lessons and and there's glass and all the parents and grandparents can sit outside and watch so you don't burn up in that pool they keep it like 90 in there and uh so we're watching him and he's taking these classes and learning the swimming lessons, and he, he, he kept looking. Ever, ever since he, every, every time he did a little bit of a drill, he'd look back and see if Papa was watching. And I'm like, you know. And then he'd do another and go under the water, and he'd come back up. I was like, you know, it was so fun. And it just, I just had a flash right there. Is, this is kind of like what it should be with us and God is that we, we're living for Him only, you know? And every time we do something, it's like, did that please you, you know? Did, or did it not, you know? I just want to live for Him, you know? That's really what it comes down to. We don't have to complicate it. It's just about living for God. Well, I want to introduce this guy. A lot of you know him. He's the jack-of-all-trades, Jimmy Martin. And... <laughs> <laughs> He can play the drums. He can play the guitar. He can he can sing. He can preach. He can do about it all. He can he can and he's adding all kinds of skills to him to his repertoire every day with his new business. And I'm just excited about having you share and 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 whatever you got, give it to us. All right. Go ahead. You will never get to see God's providence at work in your circumstances until and unless God sees you move in accordance with his will. Most of the time when God was getting ready to do something big, the people had to do something first. The people had to do something first. Moses had to hold out the rod before God would open the Red Sea. The priest had to step in the river before God would open up the Jordan. Mary had to move the stone before God would raise up Lazarus. And God would not move until they moved. He has to see you believe him, not hear you talk about believing him. 
faith is measured by footsteps by your feet by your walk not your talk by your life not your lips by your movement not your mouth you can't sit at home and say God give me a job but I'm not going job hunting you've never seen a bird sitting on a branch with its beak open waiting for worms to drop from heaven but they expect God to provide one when they go hunting it's movement God must see faith because without faith it's impossible to please God and faith is measured by what you do not just what you talk about doing the title of this message is the work and the wind and I know a lot of you guys are off this weekend and the word work is, is probably the last thing you wanted to hear um, and I got to tell you that uh, when I speak it's it's always been something that the Lord has dealt with me on prior or is dealing with me on now and I got to tell you that this this one here is really fresh something God has been dealing with me in my heart uh, I'm going to share a little something with you real quick. Whenever you go, it's probably useless information, but everybody can use a little useless information, right? Whenever you go to buy a horse, there's three things you look for. You want the horse to be cheap. You want the horse to be sound, meaning no lameness, no, you know, no health issues. And you want the horse to be good. If he's not broke, you want him to have a trainable and teachable attitude. However, when you actually go to buy the horse, you will only get two of those three things. You will get cheap and sound, and he won't be very good. You will get cheap and good, or he won't be very sound. But if you get sound and good, he's not going to be cheap. And I found myself in my Christian walk. See, God promises rest. God promises hope. God promises peace. God promises power against sin. All these promises that God, God provides for us. And I found myself ending up in around a 20% range. I found myself getting the two out of three mark. I'm not getting all of these promises. And it's not God because God's not over here giving this half joy on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday and giving this half peace on Friday and Saturday. He doesn't operate that way. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So I realized it wasn't God, so it's kind of hard when we start looking at ourselves and we think, man, it's, it's got to be me. That's kind of a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Um... I love speaking around the new year because it's always nice to give that, that motivating message. It's going to motivate everyone to do things physically, mentally, spiritually. It's going to change their life. But I'm going to tell you right now, here we are in the middle of February, toward the end of February. If you have made a New Year's resolution and have blown it, it's blown right now. New Year's resolutions, they don't, they don't end up getting blown in July, August, September. They're blown now. They're gone now. If you didn't keep that resolution, it's gone now. And... Um, I found that I lack discipline in a lot of areas of my life. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, the average gym membership in the United States will increase almost 14% in January of every year. By March the 1st, attendance is less than 1% of where it was before. That's crazy. Some people never even make it to the gym. They'll go pay that first month and they'll never set foot in the gym. Right? Point number one, you can't spell discipline without spine, without backbone. We're going to jump to the text real quick. Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 27. One day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord is with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Man, if you think your friends don't make a difference in your life, I want friends like that, right? 
I want friends like that, that if I can't get up and do it myself, they're going to come help me out. I want friends that believe. All right, that's a whole other sermon. <laughs> when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. Man, I want that kind of uh, faith. Because i got to tell you that there's times in my life where had I been that friend and my buddy's laying there on the mat, I would have been like, man, Jesus is really busy today and he's, they got that house locked up. I think we'll wait, wait for another day. We'll wait till tomorrow. But he saw their faith. I'm going to talk about spiritual fitness today. And it's really hard to stay in shape spiritually if you're only, only coming to the gym on Sunday mornings. Right? And I found myself in that boat because I get busy with things going on. And, and it was real easy to, you know, everybody's got social media now. And it's real easy to click on your Facebook feed. And everybody posted a scripture that helps them. And that's great. Everybody should do that. I, I mean, I do that too. And it's nice to see that verse. But that doesn't take the place of our quiet time with God. Because what inevitably happens is I click on the Facebook feed and I'll see a verse. And man, that's a good verse. And then I, I see my crazy aunt's political post. And then I'm mad the rest of the day. So, you know what I mean? So, it's hard to stay in shape spiritually if we're only working out on Sunday. See, laying on the couch is nice for a Saturday afternoon. But if you had a lifestyle of laying on that couch, it will kill you. And I found that my spiritual man likes to lay on the couch and eat Cheetos. You know what I'm saying? I, I can be lazy when it comes to my spiritual walk. One thing I want to clarify, since we are talking about works. Works are important. But number one, works cannot save you. It doesn't matter. You can volunteer to clean every church in Rolla's bathrooms every week. And you can do that for five years. And it will not get you in a better standing with God. It will not save your soul. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Amen? Ephesians 2.8. Go ahead and put that up. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. But it's real easy. And even the enemy can kind of use this a little bit toward us, against us. And he says, uh, you know... There's really nothing you need to do. But work is required. Work is required for me to have a victorious Christian life. And what is a victorious Christian life? Is it a new car every two years? See, it's real easy for me to attach a lot of material things to the victorious Christian life. Is it prosperity? Is it my career blossoming? Is it everything just going great for me all the time? Is that the victorious Christian life? Luke 9.23 then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And I began 
as I, as I studied that verse a little bit, the cross seems like such a burden. But I want you to catch this because Jesus also said, come to, ye, come to me all who are weary, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. See, when we pick up that cross, we are picking up what He has done for us. Can we grab that? We are picking up what He has already done for us. His blood ran down the wood of that cross, and when we pick up that cross, we are putting that on our lives. Amen? What is the victorious Christian life? Like I said, I, I tend to attach material things to that, but I began to realize that it's peace in the midst of a problem. It's strength in the middle of your greatest struggle. It's rest when everything is wrecked. It's not dependent upon our situation or circumstance. Everything can be just a mess on the outside, and you can still have the victorious Christian life. You can still be at peace within and say, I know whom I believed in, and I'm persuaded that He is able. Amen? Paul and Silas were in jail. By the look of their life, from a material standpoint, it wasn't very victorious. And when they began to praise God, God began to move in their midst. But I believe in their hearts, they were living a victorious Christian life, even in their bondage, even in the, the wet, cold environment of that prison. I find myself working hard at the wrong things. I find myself doing a lot of busy work and thinking that I'm taking care of things spiritually when I need to be communicating with Him more and doing that kind of work because He's already taking care of a lot of the things that I'm trying to take care of myself. There was once an old man I worked for at the tire shop when I first moved to Rolla. And I had figured out a way. He was showing me, I can't remember exactly what we were doing, but he was showing me a way to do something, and I figured out a way to do it easier. And he kind of laughed as he walked away, and he said, I guess some people are just too lazy to do things the hard way. So, <laughs> and, so I thought... Yeah, I guess, I guess so. And uh, another story, I was working at a car dealership and this lady was inside training another lady in the office. And I was entering some uh, warranty claims in the computer and I overheard her talking with her for probably an hour and a half on how to do this certain procedure. And at the end of this procedure, she says, now that I've shown you the hard way, I'm going to show you the easy way. And I thought, why would you even show them the hard way first? You know, but we end up doing... Working hard and not working smart. Works are important and give wings to your faith. It's like the video we watched said, sometimes we have to move. Sometimes we have to, have to do something. James chapter 2, verse 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith without works is dead. So I have to put basically my money where my mouth is. If, if I believe, see, and the thing is, is I believe God heals. But when I'm sick, it's hard for me to stand up and say, God, I know you healed me. I know, and to walk in that when I'm sick, because I don't feel like getting up. Had that issue this last weekend. I'm sitting there thinking, God, I want you to heal me, but are you going to ask me to move? You know, are, are you going to want me to get up? Because I don't feel like getting up right now. Sometimes we have to move in what we are asking God to do. Amen? Work is your faith in motion. And I find myself, the, the main issue that I had with spiritual fitness is I found myself slacking 
in my communication and my relationship with God. And therefore, as, as I was slacking in this area, I realized that's why I was missing out on peace. That's why I was missing out on rest. That's why I was missing out on so many of the benefits that he has promised. It wasn't that he's sitting there dangling them in front of me saying, here you go, like that commercial with the guy with the fishing thing. Almost got it. He's not doing that. God wants to bless us with these things. God wants us to live a victorious Christian life that is not dependent upon our circumstances or situations. I found myself using God as a resource and not a relationship. Everybody's got the smartphone and you know who Siri is? I found myself using, is he Siri or is he my Savior? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? I found myself in that situation because if I truly believe he's my Savior and I truly believe his word can transform me and I truly believe he can change my life, then why do I have such a problem getting into his word? It's lack of discipline. You know, and the enemy will try to throw everything at you in the mornings. Extra 10 minutes of sleep. You know, something happens. You got to need your attention. And, and he just wants to take that away from you because that's where we get so much from. That time with God. Point number two. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. That's probably my favorite point. The difference between who you are and who you want to be is what you do. If I want to be Mark Miller's next basketball star, I'm a little old right now, but if I wanted to be Mark Miller's next basketball star and I didn't pick up a basketball all year long until the day before tryouts, there's probably a pretty good chance I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make that. So I've got to be disciplined enough to be picking up that ball every day and doing some shooting and practicing every day. So I can be successful when I do get put to the test. Right? See, we have so much access to God's Word. We've got it on our phones. We've got it on computers. I mean, the, God's Word is, we have more access to it than I ever did, you know, when I was younger. But it's not our access that's the problem. It's my attitude toward His Word. Because I really believe that it can change my heart. And I really believe He can transform me. And I need to get into His Word and spend more time with Him. I find myself conforming God to who I want Him to be instead of allowing Him to transform me into who He wants me to be. And my son-in-law and I were talking here, oh, it's probably been about a month ago, and we were talking about sin in your life, and he had mentioned about how he had, was watching this guy and asked about, man, I'm still struggling so hard with sin. And the first question the guy asked was, where are you in the Word? And I thought that was so powerful. Because often, I'm, I'm like, anybody seen the whack-a-mole game at Chuck E. Cheese? That's, that's what I'm like with sin in my life. Because I see this problem come up here, and I'm hitting here, and I'm hitting here, and then I'm hitting over here, and I'm working hard. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm trying to, trying to keep this down. When, if I would just take that work and put it into just spending time with Him, and allowing God to transform me from the inside out, working on my heart, then I'm not chasing these things down. I'm not busy doing that. I'm busy spending time with Him. I was uh, very blessed to have been born in 1973. Born before all the technology. Anybody else born before all the technology? I remember... Uh, we went to a friend's house. Does anybody remember the, name, the game Pong? 
the little blip that would go on the screen and you, you had the little dials that you'd, yeah. I remember the first time I saw that and I was just blown away. I was like, that is so cool. And now we have video games with just crazy graphics and stuff. You guys remember the Atari 2600 where you had this, if you squinted just right, it looked like Pac-Man, but it, it really wasn't. I mean, it just, and the joysticks were just horrible, hard to move and get cramps in your hands. Anyhow, kids have it good with the video games today, so. Um, does anybody, did anybody here ever have a bag phone? I figured you did, Mark, for business. The bag phone. The bag phone. I'm fixing to blow some millennial minds right here. All right. Now, before, before this, guys, there was this. There was this. This, this was the bag phone, okay? And you could carry it in your car. And what the bag phone consisted of was a bag of radiation and a phone, okay? Now, you could always tell who had a bag phone driving down the interstate because at nighttime their car would glow like an orb from all the radiation in the bag. So, a bag phone. Now, this was kind of crazy because this bag phone would run you about $30 to $40 a month just for your uh, service. Then you had to pay for every phone call, incoming and outgoing, anywhere from 45 cents to 75 cents a minute. That's, what, that's in your coverage area. Now, your coverage area was about the size of a porta potty. So <laughs> if, you, if you got out of that coverage area, then your, your phone call would go up almost 50%. So you could be paying $1.50 a minute for a phone call. The bag phone. My nephew, he got one of the first handheld units. I was telling Dave this story this morning. And he came to visit, visit uh, stay with me for about two weeks. One of the first handheld cell phones. And uh, the only place he could get a signal was in a tree stand about 18 feet off the ground on my property. We didn't have coverage areas then. So. And he, every night he would go talk to her for about an hour on this phone. And finally, after about a week, I said, I said, Dusty, I said, are you a... Uh, is, are you on Rome? You know, the Rome light would come on. Are you on Rome when you call her? And he looked that next night, and he's like, yeah, I am. That dude had a cell phone bill of $1,000 that month. No joke. So, but there was this little light when you got out of your little porta potty coverage area. There's this little light that would come on that said Rome, and that meant they were charging you a lot of money. Rome stands for running off with all your money. That's... <laughs> That's what that stood for. So this is, this is the point I want you to catch because I've been operating on Rome. When you operate out of your coverage area, it's going to cost you. Now, you still got a cell phone plan, right? You still got service. It's like if you've got the gym membership, but you never go, you're still a member of that gym. You still got the car you can show them whenever you walk in the door and you can walk in and get any one of those benefits of that gym, but you don't go. So what I found myself doing in my spiritual life was I'm operating on Rome. I'm operating, and I got a connection somewhat to the Father, but it's going around a lot of areas to get to me. So I don't have that direct connection. And just like when I didn't have the direct connection with my cell phone when I'm on Rome, it would cost me, when I don't have that direct connection to my Father, it cost me peace. It cost me my rest. It cost me power. It cost me strength. It cost me a lot of things in my life. And then I wonder, why am I not victorious in this? Why can I not have peace in this situation? Why am I lacking strength in this situation? Why am I struggling so hard against this same sin that I've been struggling with for years, God? 
and it's because I'm on Rome. I don't have that direct connection. I need to get it back. Point number three, and this is my last point. If not now, then when? Anybody ever procrastinate? <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. If you're married and your wife has ever given you a honeydew list, you procrastinated, I promise you. <laughs> massive change requires massive action. If I want to be different than I was last year, if I want to be different than I was last month, then I've got to do something different. Amen? If I want my relationship with God to be different. See, God doesn't change. God is, is forever the same. And He loves you very much and wants you to have every benefit that He can give you. But I'm the, I'm the problem that keeps that from happening. And if I want those benefits, then I've got to do something different, something different than what I've done before. We read about the guy with the roof. They had to move the roof to get to Jesus. They had to remove something that was covering Jesus. And I put a little bit of a different twist on this because what I found is I got Jesus in my heart, but then I cover him up with life. I got the roof on him. And when I need him to come to the surface, when I need him to, to be there in a desperate way, I haven't been communicating with him. I haven't, I've been operating on Rome. I've not been, been in communion with the Father. And I'm, I'm using Him as a resource and not a relationship. And what I find I've got to do is I've got to, I've got to break through those tiles. I've got to pull that roof off that I've covered Him with because life happens to every one of us, right? We get so busy. we got so many things going on. we got everything happening. You know, we get sidetracked. We lose our discipline. We lose our focus on what's important. We've got to break through the areas in our life that are robbing us the victory that God intends for us to have. It's like I've allowed Him to just settle in the depths of my heart. And I'm a Christian, and I believe, but my mouth says these things, but my actions sometimes don't back it up. And I've got to step out in faith in whatever area I'm facing and claim God's promises. But it does require us to move sometimes. It does require us to do something sometimes. It requires, and it may be just something as simple as plugging into Him every morning. Getting ourselves disciplined enough to do that. You know, it takes, the first point I made was you can't spell discipline without spine. It takes spine to make a change in your life. You know that? It takes discipline to eat differently. Amen? It takes discipline to exercise. It takes discipline to walk away from drugs when you've, you've had that whole culture of drugs your whole life. Your mom, your dad, everybody in your whole family has, has dealt this to you. And it takes discipline and spine to walk away from that. It takes spine to have a baby when everybody's telling you, no, nah, that's not a good idea. You're not ready for that yet. It takes spine to do that. It takes backbone to do that. And I know I don't want to get political here, but we've got a lot of things going on in our country. But one of the things that I can say that has... has come out of this that's good is I'm starting to see a lot of people with spines stand up. And I thank God for that because we need that. Amen? Yeah. We're going to worship, sing that song, Build My Life. I love that song.
I will build my life on your love. It is my firm foundation. And I want us to think of any area that you may be struggling in as we sing this song. Uh, the prayer team is going to come forward. If you need prayer in any area, please come forward. Um, I just want us to spend a little time with Him, a few minutes with Him and worship Him this morning. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand.